Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, saints. Good morning, Zion Hill. My name is Minister Clarence Smith, and I'll be leading it to the altar of God. Lord God, we come before you this morning, Lord God, saying thank you, Lord God. Thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for last night's sleep and slumber, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for seeing fit and allowing our lives to roll on, Lord God, a little while longer. Oh, Father God, your word say in Psalm 100 and verse 4 said, Enter into your gates with thanksgiving. Enter into your court with praise. Be thankful unto you and give you praise. So, Lord God, we here this morning to give you praise, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for every family that's represented here this morning, Father God that you will bless them with the blessings that you see they stand in need of this morning, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for this time of prayer and fasting, Father God, that you will strengthen us, Father God, as only you can do, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for the angel of the house, the under-shepherd, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for him decreeing and declaring, Father God, that this is a year, a day, a week, a month of recovery. Lord God, we been expecting, we come this morning expecting recovery, recovery in every area of our life. Father God, we come thanking you for inner strength because Father God, we know the greater the sacrifice, the greater the, the greater the growth. We're looking to grow spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, Lord God. So Lord God, we come giving up this morning. We come giving up this morning because until we give up, you can't put in. So, Lord God, we empty ourselves before you. We come at the empty pitcher before a full fountain, Lord God, saying, have your way. Do what only you can do. Heal, deliver, save, and set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and give God the glory if you love him and you're excited to be here. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's worship and praise the Lion of Judah. Clap your hands like this. Everybody clap your hands. Help us praise him this morning. Say, you're the Lion of Judah. You are my Lord and King. You're the Lion of Judah. You reign over everything. You're the Lion of Judah. You are the great I am. You're the Lion of Judah. You rule over all the land. You know he's holy. You're holy God, you're mighty God, you're worthy God of the glory. You're holy and you're mighty, you're worthy of the glory. Say, I lift your name on high. Yeah, I lift your name on high. Say, I lift your name on high. I lift your name The Lion of Judah. 
love you, God. How long will you return to me? Forever. Forever. Because I am free. Because I am whole. And I want to love everyone. That you thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed me. You thought I was praising him now. Oh, this is a good time to praise him. This is a good time to show the Lord how much we love him and how much we are a part of what he's doing right here in Zion Hill. Glory, hallelujah. We want to say good morning once again to our first time viewers, to our first time guests who are in the house. We thank God for you Zion Hill to be your place of work. And at the end of the service, please stop by the guest center. And we have a special guest gift just for you. In the name of Jesus, glory, hallelujah. And again, to our online viewers, don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe, or the share button. And also, you can, you can give online, on, online through the QR code. And the number would be 73256 on the Zion Hill website. Glory, hallelujah. Our scripture this morning for giving is going to be coming from Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, verses 9, 6 through 7. And it reads, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he hath purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. If you go give grudgingly, you can keep it. Because God is not pleased. God don't need anything but to be praised. Amen. Hallelujah. For God loveth, the last part of that scripture say, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And I'm looking at a bunch of cheerful givers this morning. We are cheerful givers. God's word say he give us help to get wealth. He give us help so that we can prosper. And again, we want to be a part of what's going on right here in the Zion Hill house, the Zion Hill community. We are raising money to pay for our youth building. We want to be a difference. We want to make a difference this morning, this year, this year. Oh, Lord, I know the pastor's heart is heavy. My heart is heavy. Every heart in here is heavy or should be heavy for the things of God, for the spreading of the gospel. We cannot go through another day, another week, another month, another year with the same old, same old, expecting a different result. 
Because if we do the same, we go get the same. Oh, Lord, we want to be a part of what you're doing, Lord God. Us, that you can come forth. Lord God, we pray and ask you to bless every giver, Father God. Oh, Father God, we know your word saying you love a cheerful giver. Lord God, you have blessed us to give. And Father God, whatever you're doing this day, this season, don't do it without us, Lord God. We give ourselves away. Lord God, our life is not our own. We belong to you. We work for you, Lord God. And we know only what we do for you go last. Ain't nothing else we doing in this world go last. You ain't going to ask us on our day of judgment how many hours we work, how many vacations we took, how much money we made, or any of that other mess, junk. If it don't include leading, winning souls to you, being about your business. And somebody can say, I'm in heaven because of him, her, or them. That we enlarge heaven. It's time out for playing church in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let me thank God for our choir. What a blessing. The Lord is blessing you and me when? Right now. Did he wake you up this morning? Amen. It's amazing how God works. Long time ago, I called Sister Minister Shirley Williams and I told her this song will be my team song. That everywhere I go, I want them to sing this song. And I didn't tell the musicians, I forgot. And somehow they work it out. Praise the Lord. We are so glad to see all of you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Even in the midst of bad weather, you show up. To God be the glory. We are grateful. Also, I want to commend you for the fasting that is going on. We are grateful, grateful. God is faithful to his word. We are getting a lot of good report. And to God be the glory for all the miracles. I believe with all my heart, the best is yet to come. If God said it, you can bank on it. He is faithful to his word. I also want to thank you for our prayer ministry. I was getting a report from the leaders that look like revival is taking place in this house. And to God be the glory. Every time we hear and read about what God is doing through you in your ministry is an indicator that God is up to something big this year. Let us not be weary in what? Well-doing. Your ministry is well-doing. You say there's a due season coming. You will reap harvest if you don't faint. Never give up from doing what is right. If it's right, it's of God. And stick with it. Serving the Lord pays. Not just after a while, even right now. That's why the choir said, the Lord is blessing me. Not every now and then, right now, as we speak. And the evidence of that is what David said. David said, I went to bed last night. David said, I woke up this morning. Why? Because the Lord sustained me. That's the blessing of the Lord. And what is so good about his blessing, he'll make you rich and add no sorrow to it. One of the things that I discovered about God is that everything you need He's already prepared for it. He's already made a way. So if we can just keep that in mind, so when things happen, 
don't panic. God has already got an answer. And God has already made a way. So all you need to do is just keep the faith. You remember when Adam messed up in the garden. And God has to kill an animal, I think. I forgot the name of the animal. Maybe a lamb or a ram. I don't know. He killed something. But whatever he killed, guess what? It was already in the garden. He didn't have to say, oh my God, let's go find something. Everything you need this year, God already made provision for it. The Lord is blessing us right now. The amazing thing is that all we need to do is just stay put. Again, you see it in Genesis 22. He's blessing us. Abraham, go sacrifice your child. Go up the mountain. But before Abraham got to the mountain, God has already provided it's not like he's going to do it. Before you have a need, your need, ah, your need is already made. The blessing of the Lord is right now. Even before you were born, he already made provision for everything you need in your life. One time they were going, you know, Quite just provoke these things in my spirit. They were going to the promised land, you know, and they ran into the Red Sea. Am I right about it? And guess what happened? What they're going to need to cross the river was already in the hand of Moses. So sometimes when things happen, we panic. Oh my God, how am I going to pay my bill? Oh my God, how am I going to survive this cancer? Oh my God, I'm going to, how am I going to get a job? How am I going Whatever you need, you are already blessed. All you need to do is just keep the faith. Don't panic. Don't give up. Don't roll over. Just stay put. And say, Lord, I'm waiting on you. And everyone that wait on the Lord, they renew their strength. That's right. You command a wing as eagles. The people of God, they ran out of food, you know. And they decided to go to Egypt to get some food. But they don't know they thought they were going to go find solution. But the solution to their problem is already in Egypt. Waiting on them. His name is Joseph. God has gone ahead of you to make plans. That's why we call him Jehovah Jireh. He doesn't wait until problem occurs. So see yourself blessed. You're going to the hospital, see yourself healed. Before they put all the tubes, before they, they make you sign paper, in your spirit, you need to know I'm a blessed man, I'm a blessed woman, or whatever you are. And you say, Lord, I thank you. They roll me in, but I'm walking out of, ah, my God. 
How many blessed people we have in this house? Well, I thank you, choir. See the hands. See, see, see what you did. Thank you for reminding us that we are a bunch of blessed people. We can't even help it. We are blessed coming in. We are blessed going out. Anything connected with you is blessed. Your children, your home, your grandchildren, anybody, even friends, co-workers. Hallelujah. <laughs> God Almighty. I get excited when I think about the blessing of the Lord. And the Bible says the blessing of the Lord will make you rich. That's right, sister. It comes with no string attachment. You don't have to go to bed with a gun loaded under your pillow, worrying about who is coming. No, 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 no. You don't need all that foolishness. You can go to bed and sleep like a baby. <laughs> Amen. Let's all get up and say hello to our neighbor. Find somebody. Just shake their hand. Let them know they are blessed. The choir said it. I stand in agreement. we read the word of God. Let me encourage you to follow this story. 
What I will do this morning is what we call in ministry exegesis. In other words, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to look into all the details. So glad to see all these preachers in the house. We appreciate you, Reverend Reed, Pastor Tinney. Man, you look good, sir. Man, to God be the glory. All of our associates, we thank you for your ministry. Let's keep on keeping on. The book is Second King, chapter 4. I'm not going to read you one verse. I want you to follow the whole story. Verses 1 through verse 7. 2 King, chapter 4, verses 1 through verse number 7. The Bible said, Now there cried a certain woman of the wife of the sons of the prophet. She cried unto the preacher, Elisha. And this is what she said. Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant feared the Lord. But here's what's going on. The creditor has come to take away my two sons as bondsmen. Verse number two. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Thy handmaid had not anything in the house except a pot of oil. Then the prophet said, Go, borrow these vessels abroad from all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Don't borrow a few. And when thou hast come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. And thou shalt pour out into all these vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So the woman went from the prophet and shut the door upon her, upon her and upon her sons. These are the, people, the children that help her to get the vessels. And they poured the oil, and it came to pass when the vessels were full. She said unto her sons, Bring me yet another vessel. And the son said to Mama, There is not any more vessel. And all of a sudden, 
the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God. And the man of God said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your bills, and live upon that which is left, you and your children. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the opportunity to hear from heaven. Holy Spirit, I need your help to explain what we have just read. I'm always mindful that without you, I cannot do it. I pray for divine anointing. I pray for your super or my natural. I pray for everyone that will hear this message that their blessing will increase. I thank you that questions will be answered. Miracles, signs and wonders will take place in this house. I pray for souls in the kingdom of God. It's a new year. Let your glory fill this place. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This year, ladies and gentlemen, we decree and declare it's a year of divine recovery. This morning, I want to talk to you about how to obtain divine recovery. We just don't decree and declare what the year is going to be. But you have to teach God's people how to attain it. So our subject for discussion is titled, How to Obtain Define Recovery. In the passage that I read to you, we're going to use that passage as a case study. Some of you lawyers in the house, you understand the term case study. And through this passage, we're going to learn how God operates when it comes to divine recovery. You just read about a woman. The Bible says she has a husband and that husband is dead. Am I still in the book? Then we are told that before the husband died, he owed some bills. And ladies and gentlemen, he also have two sons. Now the problem with the wife now is threefold. Pay attention. Number one, she's dealing with bereavement. And number two, she's dealing with debt. Because now whatever bill was left by the husband, they're coming after the wife. That's just the way the system works. 
And number three, she's dealing with bondage because they're about to take her two children and use them as collateral for those debts that are owed. Three problems, bereavement, debt, and bondage. Now, the first thing this woman did, ladies and gentlemen, is the first lesson. She called somebody. It's very, very important that you know who to call when you're in trouble. Many Christians, when, when we run into trouble, we start having pity party. If you don't know who to call, call on Jesus. Tell somebody I got it. You have to know who to call. This woman called the prophet. Amen, somebody. When she got to the prophet, she said, look, Reverend, my husband is dead. Then she said, you know, pastor, that my husband fear God. That's very, very important because what she said must be true. If anybody know you brothers, your wife does. So if your wife say you know good, trust me, you know good. I told you I'm going to break this, this whole passage down. That woman said, my husband fear God. Believe me when I tell you, she knew that man. Then the question must be asked. If she, he feared God, why did he die in poverty? Everybody see you going to church. They see you teaching Sunday school. They see you singing the choir. Why is it that your story don't look good? The answer to that Ladies and gentlemen, it's twofold. Number one, bad things do happen to good people. Amen. I'm trying to help somebody. Amen. I don't care how long you pray. I don't care how well you fast. I don't care if you speak in tongue. Bad things do happen to good people. So when something bad happens to you, it's not necessarily a result of disobedience. Tell somebody I got it. We are living in a corrupt planet. It's a fallen world. Right from Mr. Adam and Miss Eve. So things do happen. Another possible reason why he died in poverty is because he did not receive the teachings 
of the man of God that he was under. Let me warn you, let me school you. People can be under your ministry and never heard what you're saying. Many of you are struggling today because you don't pay attention to what your pastor has been teaching. I say this with utmost humility. I remember, I'm, I'm kind of very close to a music band, and I would tell them over and over again, you cannot hang around me and fail. It's impossible. That's a bold statement. If you're not a Christian, you can't handle that. It will sound prideful. It will sound arrogant. But I know the anointing that is upon my life. I told them, I expect you to have the best right. I expect you to have a nice house. I expect every one of your children to succeed. Talk to them. That's what I told them. Every now and then I would tell their mama, I say, you have no clue the relationship I have with your children. (laughs) But you can be under an anointing. You are hearing it, but you don't receive. You will die poor. You can be living under my roof and not receive. Trying to help somebody. So don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. I have pastors. Some of them are here. They will share with me what's going on in their ministry. You know what I tell them? It's impossible. Just because you are connected with this ministry, you are destined to be blessed. It's not a suggestion. It's a proven fact in the community. So don't just be a member of the church. Follow me as I follow Christ. The Bible are not suggestions. They are real. If you work it, it will work for you. Notice what's next in the story. The preacher man said, look, what can I do for you? That puts the responsibility of recovery this year in your hand. God is in the business of recovery. But the question is, what do you want? Do you realize some people love miseries? I know that sounds really weird, but some people like people to come visit them in the hospital. They like the pity party. Uh, Poor old man. What do you want? Ladies and gentlemen, What that preacher is asking her is, I want to know what is your priority. Do you want me to resurrect your husband? Or do you want me to rescue your children from going to slavery? What is more important to you? 
Woman, what do you want? Do you want me to resurrect your past? Or do you want me to rescue your future? So he threw the ball in her hand. And I'm doing the same thing to every one of you today. In this new year of divine recovery, what do you want? Have you sit down and make a list of what the devil stole from you? Have you look deeply into your family life and see what is not right and say, this year, we're going to recover. The Holy Spirit is asking every one of us here, from the pulpit to the pews, what do you want? It's not enough for you to be coming to church. You know exactly, as the captain of the ship, of this ministry, I know exactly where we're going. I cannot just be driving the ship, not know where we're going. We will end anywhere. What do you want for your family? You know, another thing I noticed in this passage, the preacher did not allow her to answer. There's a lesson there because Every now and then, I don't know about you, I thank God for my prayers that God didn't answer. Because some of what you're asking for will kill you. So God in his grace and mercy, before you open your, your mouth and say something stupid, God will interrupt and tell you what you need to do. You read that passage, that woman never get a chance to answer the question, what do you want? Instead, the man of God, the Holy Spirit begin to give her instructions. Say, woman, okay, this is what you need to do. Go home. And go to the neighborhood. And go borrow some vessels. Ladies and gentlemen, notice the woman said something strange. While he was thinking the answer for question number one, the man of God asked him the next question. And the second question is what do you have in your house? Have you noticed that God always wants to use what you have? Everyone under the sound of my voice, you got something. Tell your neighbor I got something. Say it like you mean it. Thank you, sir. I, I got something. The reason why I ask you to say it is because this woman opened his mouth, her mouth and said, I got nothing. And that's the problem with many church people. He said, I don't have anything. In fact, in our thinking, like many of us think, he is saying in our spirit, 
preacher, you're a fool. If I, if I have something, do you think I'll be coming to you? If I have something, I would have put it by now on eBay. Why are you asking me dumb questions? But now, she, she, some of you have learned to play the game. You, you don't want to insult your pastor, you, but you say what is in your spirit. You will say with your mouth, and that mouth has creative force. Life and death is in that mouth. And you decree and declare to your man of God that you have nothing. I don't know about you. I got something. My life is something. Am I right about it? My gift is something. My praise is something. My worship this morning is something. Tell your neighbor again, I got something. So this woman modified her answer. She said, well, I got nothing, but I do have a little jar of oil. A little bottle of oil. And that's when the man of God said, what did you say you got? Part of all, I can stop there and preach to you because oil is significant in the word of God. Because all with oil you can cook. With oil is a form of medicine. With oil you can generate power. Are you listening to me? With oil you can make soap. With oil you can make perfume. I can go on and on. There's there's a whole theology. Don't just read through the Bible. It has many. That's why the Bible says, how are they going to hear without a preacher? So when she said, I got a little bottle of oil, she don't realize what she's saying. She's trying to minimize what she got. But what she got is a powerhouse of blessing. Do you know what you have? You go around talking about what's wrong, what you don't have, but if you pay attention to what you have. So now the man of God give him give our instruction. He said, go to your neighborhood. Borrow a bunch of Empty vessels. And then come back home. And then pour your little oil on each vessel and see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, I can just see the attitude of this woman. This is the reason why many people don't experience miracles in their life. Guess what she be thinking now? Rev, you miss it. I'm already in debt. Now you are telling me to go and borrow more? See, the problem we have, we don't know how to receive from God because we are always thinking and your thinking stinking. 
Bible said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Your own understanding will mess you up. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Ladies and gentlemen, the preacher told her, go and borrow more. And she's thinking, dear, how am I going to borrow? My credit's no good. I can't get a car. I cannot get a house. I don't have no collateral for anything to borrow. My sons are about to be taken as bondsmen. And then you're saying, I need to go borrow. Who is going to loan anything to me? You see, I will miss the blessing of God. But God is saying, when God tells you to go borrow some more, God is saying to you, I want to help you, but you are not empty enough. Sometimes God will wait until everything is gone. So that when he helps you, you will know for sure it has not been for the Lord who was on your side. You won't make it. I want to talk to somebody who has enough trouble to be a candidate for God's miracle. The reason why I don't have too many friends, that people, they, they're used to surviving. They really never had enough trouble to cause them to completely depend on God. <laughs> Even in my own house, I have to break away from them sometimes. There's a problem will come. We have problems just like everybody else. And then they say, what you going to do? I say, I trust God. And while everybody is freaking out, Kunta is gone to sleep. If he did it before, he can do it again. You've got to learn to trust God. Are you still here this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, God sometimes will wait until everything goes wrong. And if God tells you to go borrow, always knowing you're knowing the borrowing is only temporary. Let me stay for the record. Even Jesus borrowed the tomb. But you know he only needed for temporary use. Why is that important? Because everything you lost, God wants you to recover it all. Are you still here this morning? Tell somebody I receive, I receive. Notice another revelation. I'm just taking my time this morning. Notice he did not say go borrow some oil. He said go borrow vessels. Ladies and gentlemen, another faulty thinking of church people is that you thinking content. But God always thinks containers. 
if you can present him a container, he will fill it. If you can present him a vessel, he will fill it. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that we ain't got nothing to be filled. God is at his best when you present him with an empty vessel. God is at his best when you run out completely. Some of us have vessel, but our vessel is full of junk. Thank you, Jesus. If you love yourself this year, go and empty all your junk out. So that God can feel it. Let me tell you how God thinks. You know when he made you and me during creation. The Bible says he scooped down and, and used some drugs. And, and make and form man. Guess what? There ain't nothing in that man. And he made man empty. So that he could. If you will present an empty vessel. By the way, I wish I have time because I have to I have to go Houston in a few minutes. You need to know, ladies and gentlemen, your body is a vessel. The Bible says, present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy. If you present something acceptable to the Lord, the Lord will feel it. But how can God feel something that's already full of junk? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you today, present yourself empty so that God can fold you. Have you ever been empty before? Oh, I guess I need to preach on emptiness. Because I know what it is to be empty. Sometimes you're so empty, you don't even have the drive to go on. You show up on the job, you're present, but, you, but you're not present. You're not there. You enjoy what you do, but when you are empty, you, don't, you no longer have the passion for it. You no longer have the drive for it. You no longer have the, the commitment. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't care when you're empty. At that point, you don't care what you wear. You wake up in the morning. You just grab anything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't care about taking shower that day. And I'm not talking about boys alone, even girls. Yes, indeed. You're empty. You don't care about fixing your hair. You, you, you just want to get out of the house. You don't care about, about makeup that day. You don't care about who is looking at you. You are empty. Can I tell you a secret? God loves empty people. <laughs> Ooh, 
true glory. Ladies and gentlemen, God is not going to feed you unless you're hungry. Are you listening to me? When I tell you God loves empty, it's not because he loves to see you suffer. But he's not going to bring food. God doesn't waste. He's not going to feed you until you're hungry. He's not going to give you a drink until you're thirsty. He said, blessed are those who hunger. So you will say, why would God be promoting hunger? Because when you're hungry, you're ready to be fed. The more empty you are, the more God will bless you. Many of you, I'm saying to you, God cannot bless because you're not empty. That's why I say our assignment from the pulpit to the pews, empty yourself this year so that God can fill you. The more you have need, the more God will provide an answer. The more you ask, the more it shall be given to you. The more you knock, the more the door will be open unto you. The more you seek, the more you're going to find. Tell somebody I got it. Let me tell you a little secret before I go on. The secret to your next miracle is if you learn to come empty. Did you hear what I said? Many of us, we are our own problem. We are blocking our own miracle. We think we already know the Bible. We think we already have the solution. Well, if you already have the solution, what's what's left for God to do? So learn to come empty. Come empty. Get rid of your know-how. Get rid of your pride. Get rid of your gimmicks. Get rid of your tricks. Get rid of your cute dresses. All the facade. Come before God empty so he can fill you. The preacher told this woman, don't get jars that are already with oil. Get the ones that are empty. Notice something else. He said, go and get as many as you can get. There's a lesson there because it means that woman and her children, they have to work very hard. One of the things that is missing in the body of Christ today is hard work. Everybody think the world owes them. And in your prayer, it's reflected. When you pray, you, 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 you're commanding God, go this, do that, do that. Bring manna, just drop hamburger from heaven. You see, and you don't receive nothing. You don't experience recovery. Because... If God's going to bless you, there's a part that you're going to play. Paul do the planting. Apollo do the watering. Then God grant increase. If you don't do your part, 
to recover this year. You tie the hand of God. When he said go and get many, he did not say the angels would de deliver in your front door a bunch of jars. You have to go out. Do you know what that means? In practical sense, that woman have to go door to door. Neighborhood to neighborhood. Person to person. Can I borrow your job? Can I borrow your face? That's hard work. It takes all day. Yesterday about midnight, I was talking to uh, Minister Terrence. He said, you need to go and sleep. I said, I, I got work to do. It takes work. It takes work. It takes work. You cannot receive any miracle without doing your part. What are you doing to recover? What the devil stole? He told David, go after the devil. Pursue him. Overtake him. Then you're going to recover everything. But my people just want to sit back. I love the Lord. He had my cry. And the house, hey, don't turn me up. And the house is falling on you. He told the woman, go and get many. Many. Work all day. Prepare for your blessing. Make room for your miracle. Why will God bless you with a car when you have a bicycle you won't take here? Then he told the woman, after you get many vessels and they're all empty, then go inside your house and shut the door. Tell your neighbor, shut the door. That's not a suggestion. This year, I'm preparing you to recover all. One of the assignments is to identify what you want. Another assignment I'm giving to you is learn to shut the door. Brother Pastor, why would I have to shut the door? It's very simple. So you can keep the fools out. I hope I don't have to explain there are fools all over. <laughs> Why you have to keep the fools out? If you're not careful, they will steal your dream. If you're not careful, they will talk you out of your blessing. If you're not careful, they will damage the goods God is trying to send you. It will destroy your miracle. Notice, I wish I have time. Joseph, Joseph had a dream. But the mistake Joseph made, telling everybody, telling all of his brothers, oh, guess what? I got me a dream. 
I'm going to do, I'm going to be your boss. You're going to be bound to me. They'll kill you, Negro. Shut the door. Let's look at somebody next to you and say, shut the door. Shut the door to every player haters out there. Don't let them know your plan. Don't let them know your dreams. Don't let them know your vision. Shut the doggone door. Sometimes you even have to shut the door to your own self. If you're not careful, yourself, your flesh will get in the way of your miracle. I wish I have time to prove to you why you have to shut the door. Do you remember the upper room? Guess what they did? They shut the door. They were getting ready to receive the Holy Ghost. And they shut the door. Do you remember when Jesus was at Jairus' house? Guess what he did? He put everybody out and shut the door. Everything I'm telling you has biblical precedent. Even Jesus Christ, when they put him in the tomb, guess what they did? They shut the door. Tell somebody again, it's time to shut the door. God is about to bless you, shut the door. God is about to heal you, shut the door. God is about to promote you, shut the door. One of my members was, was writing to me the other day. He said, Pastor, I cannot believe that this, is, this thing is true. I already got promotion. And it's only January. He said, I just believe God that this, this year will be a year of recovery. Amen. And it was, she was sending me paper. She said, I could not believe it. It's only January. I don't expect it. I didn't even know I qualified. But God promoted me. And he said, here's the evidence. Her name is Valencia, because some of you Baptists, <laughs> they don't believe nothing. Is one among you. I have gotten a total of 14 testimony already, and it's only January. Amen. Only January. Amen. God is in the business of blessing his children. He said, you who are wicked, you do good things for your own children. How much more? Amen. Amen. A good God. Amen. God is not trying to raise an orphanage. Amen. He wants to bless you. Amen. And you know one thing I love about God? If you have not learned this principle before, it's never too late. Your dream has no expiration date. Are you listening to me? There were things I dream about as a teenage boy that the devil stole from me. And I went back on the shelf and bring it back. Because the Holy Spirit said, your dream has no expiration date. Just shut the door. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say this and let you go. God will open doors. If you learn to obey him behind closed doors. 
Are you listening to me? Did you hear what I said? He wants to see you. He said, if you would just worship him in secret. He said, Dad, he will, he will reward you in open. If I tell you things that I do, that you would never know about it. Because in my heart, I believe it's the right thing. I can see it in the word of God. Nobody to say thank you. Nobody to give you a, a card or recognition in the community. But don't worry about it. If you learn to worship him behind closed doors, he, uh, he will open that to you. Tell your neighbor, shut the door. He wants to know, are you going to serve him when nobody is there to give you an accolade? The other day, they honored one of my musicians with some kind of award. And, and I, my flesh said, it's about time. But the Holy Spirit corrected me. He said, just calm down. Don't worry about who sees you. Don't worry about who gives you a word. He said, I will reward you in the open. If you learn to be faithful in the dark. I don't know about you. It's time for us to pour ourselves out before the Lord. He told the woman, after you shut the door, begin to pour out. And begin to pour out. And I'm challenging all of you. Don't say I've been coming. Nobody say thank you. Don't say nobody recognize me. Don't say they never give me a chance to sing solo. The old pastor never allowed me to preach. Everybody is serving communion. He will never call my name. Don't say I'm more qualified than the deacons. Just begin to pour yourself out. Try to teach you how to receive from God. Don't whine about anything. Be careful for nothing. But in everything. By prayer. One prophet was so fed up, he became so empty, he said, I'm through. I'm not preaching anymore. I quit. One of my musicians was sharing with me, I'm through with this community. I said, no, son, let's keep on doing it. Let's, let's keep on serving. Amen. Don't worry about the accolade. Don't worry about whether they recognize you or not. Amen. Have you ever gone to a program and you see the guest speaker, he's, you're better than him? Maybe I'm the only one with flesh. I can tell that this is... But just keep on, just keep on serving, keep on leading, keep on singing, keep on praising God. Whatever you're doing, serving the Lord will pay. The Bible says this woman began to pour out. And then the oil began to flow. 
I don't know about you. I praise God for the flow of miracles in my life. I can, this year is only January. I can feel that blessing the choir is talking about. I can feel it in my hand. I can feel it in my feet. I wake up every morning and say, man, this is the day the Lord has made it. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is going to be a great year. I was watching all the drama in Washington. They can get nothing done. They're fighting each other. They're arguing and bickering. And I wake up every morning and say, it's good. It's a good day. I'm a blessed man. This is going to be a blessed year. My children are blessed. My family are blessed. My church is blessed. My city is blessed. My job is blessed. You got to make up your mind. Call your day. That's what every coach does on their team. You got to call the play. You don't let Washington call the play for you. You call your own play. Woman, what do you want? And the Spirit of God is saying to all of us today, one thing I want you to notice, the oil stop. Why? It's very simple. God will not give you what you have no capacity to receive. Are you listening to me? Once you run out of capacity to receive, the oil will stop. The anointing will end. So I want to encourage you this year, build your capacity. I pray the Holy Spirit will explain more than I can to you. Build your capacity. What you cannot receive, God cannot give you. Please take note, as long as there is an empty vessel, they all continue to flow. Now all the jars are full. And this woman came to the preacher. Sir, I don't know how it happened. A little jar of oil was able to fill up all the vessels. Now what do I do? The man of God told him. Go, sell all the oil. Three instructions. I don't have time to explain this. Because the, the media told me I got to stop at a certain time. He, he said, because we have to prepare whatever. I don't know what they do. So. He said, sell this oil. Pay all your bills. And live on what is left. That's what we call more than enough anointing. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage somebody today. God is going to do for you this year more than you can ever imagine. 
Eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. It's not even been conceived in the hearts of men. What God has in stock for you, his children. And when God begins to bless you, keep an attitude of humility. No, if it's nothing but God who made a way for you, sell the oil. Pay all your bills. And live on the race. Everybody stand. I've got to stop. Somebody is here this morning. And you say, Pastor, I'm that man. I'm that woman. I'm empty. I want God to fill me. I don't know. I don't need to know what area. You may need him to fill you in the area of your health. You may need him to fill you in your relationship. You may need him to fill you in the area of your finance. Maybe you like me, you have dreams. Dreams. Dreams that if you tell people, they will think you're crazy. One of my son in the ministry, uh, Greg Tinney, he called me one day and said, Pastor, you always say people see the glory, they don't know your story. I said, yes, sir. He said, when are you going to tell your story? He said, I'll give you his name. We can talk to him. I asked him, if I tell you my real story, can you handle it? He said, no, I don't think I can. I said, then, <laughs> let's just keep living. Somebody is here this morning. You really want an encounter with God this year. Maybe you haven't taken an inventory of what the devil has told. But you say, Lord, this year, want to recover all. You're the one that God sent me to. Find your way to the altar. I want us to pray. And then I'm, I'm hitting the road. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Like a sheep that tossed and dreaming you know what? Battered by an angry sea. When the storm so loud are raging, and their fury falls on me. Bye.
opportunity to feed off of your word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in the house. I lift up all my brothers and sisters. Lord, you made them. You have a plan for them. That plan is good, not of evil. That plan is to prosper them and give them an expected end. Father, I pray that you will make it happen. This year, a year of divine recovery, everything the devil has stolen, everything the local worm has stolen, the canker worm, the locust, Father, I thank you for recovery. I thank you that we're going to recover all. 
in our health, recover all. In our finances, recover all. In on our job, recover all. Lord, I thank you that you are doing something beautiful in our life. Thank you for the blessing right now. Thank you for the miracle right now. Thank you for the breakthrough right now. That wayward child is coming home in the name of Jesus. That healing is going to take place this year in the name of Jesus. That salvation of our loved one is going to happen this year in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for promotion. Lord, I thank you for acceleration. Lord, I thank you for breakthrough. Lord, I thank you for miracle. When our little jar of all can feel so many jars, we call that a miracle. Father, I pray that you will make miracles happen in the life of everyone before this altar. This year, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Let's open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Come on, now that was for the preacher. Now give God a loud amen. amen. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Now, if you're here today and you're looking for a church home, you want to be a part of the Zion Hill Church family. Or if you are here and you say, I want to be a Christian. I want Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord. My brother and my sisters, after the benediction, the pastor and his wife will be standing right here. Will you please come? New members, new believers, after the benediction. Please see the pastor. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, I pray that he will rest with you. I pray that he will abide in you. I pray that he will make your enemies leave you alone. I pray that he will bless you coming in and bless you going out. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth your fruit in your season. And whatsoever you do shall prosper. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Station. But we want to speak to you today and tell you 